jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of Darkness! Another week. Right? Yep. It it's, could be argued. It's, it's the way things seem to be going. Do you remember when the other day when we talked, we had the realization that we are basically at the year point? Like, just short of a month. Yeah, the, the words one year <laughs> really hit me the other day. Well, it was like that lady in... Um, Total Recall, when Arnold Schwarzenegger dresses up as, disguises himself as that beautiful woman, woman that goes into the Martian thing, and she starts saying, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. <laughs> like, that, you turned into her. <laughs> Just yeah. like, one year, one year. <laughs> yeah, I turned into Jack Nicholson in The Shining, where I was like, I'm <laughs> hugging this hot, naked lady. <laughs> I've only been in pandemic for a month or so. And then I caught a glimpse in the mirror. And she was like, it's been a year, bitch. <laughs> and I was like, oh, 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 oh. I put my hand to my forehead. Oh, oh, oh. Just like that. I thought you were hot. <laughs> anyway, I feel like the, I feel like the woman in the tub, right? Like We've all become her. My soul looks like her for sure. There's just patches of skin missing. <laughs> I don't know where they are. Yeah. Where they went. <laughs> yeah, I should probably get that checked out. Yeah. Yeah, my... I think... Hmm? Oh, go on. Oh, no, please, please. Oh, well, I was going to say, I think my my uh, anniversary date was actually Friday the 13th of March. And yeah. lo, we are nearly there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it's a journey. I think mine was about the same time. Yeah. Somewhere somewhere mid-March. Yeah. Uh, wow. It's coming up fast. Yeah. And it the my one of my most meaningful relationships I've come to discover in this time is uh there's a spam bot <clears throat> who now comments on Final Girl are moderated, so I get them and I say I approve this or I say I delete this. Yes. Uh, and so this spam bot keeps trying to leave a comment on a post that's literally like 12 years old. <laughs> it's a post that w- it wasn't even a movie review or anything. It was like, because I, I looked at the post and it's just like a news roundup of like, oh, I have this coming out today. Oh. Here's a thing, whatever. And every like three weeks or so, I get another comment from the online casino <laughs> spam bot what and it's like on that same post and it's like you're so cool i've never read anything like this your insight is amazing there's like two comments that they alternate between about how incredible it is that i'm sharing my thoughts <laughs> and you keep getting these posts yeah from the same thing and it's a casino 
It is the Turlingap Bandar Casino Online. <laughs> oh, that sounds real and legit. Yeah. Um, and so I never approve the comments. I just delete them. But I've come to enjoy them. And I'm... I say, oh, oh, B-Club, it's so good to hear from you today. <laughs> You're being wooed by Casino Skynet. <laughs> I, honestly, I really am. <laughs> and I'm like, at least someone's trying to woo me right now, you know? <laughs> Might I'll be take... a spam bot, but it's someone. It's a spam bot, but it was made by a person. <laughs> they appreciate my efforts and look forward to more write-ups in the future. Okay? <laughs> so tell me about who you're dating. Technically, they were well... made by a person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I don't even have to talk to them. They just say nice things about me. That actually sounds ideal. <laughs> it's a little bit ideal for this pandemic time. But, you know, the comment comes, I read it. But I li- it, it used to be a pain because I'm like, I'm never going to approve this. Like, why is this robot trying so hard? But now I'm just like, oh. Yeah. That's I am, sweet. I am cool, B-Club. Thank you. You're like um that Spike Jones movie where he falls in love with his computer. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. the, it, she's her. She's Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. <laughs> She's a casino of a different race. Love story of our times, my friend. Wow. It's a pandemic, so. Is, is, is it the same post? Mm-hmm. It's always <laughs> Never on any other post. But the two, com- it's two alternating comments, always on a 12-year-old post. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. It is. That, that really is. I even thought about deleting that post because, like, who cares, you know? But then I was like, but but then when the robot logs in, not that I think there's a robot sitting in front of a computer, but I mean, like, when it... <laughs> I hope that's the case. <laughs> yeah. But when the script, you know, the scam script goes out into the internet superhighway, yeah. I'm like, oh, then when then what? Can you imagine that sad little robot that doesn't, I love that the robot doesn't jack in to the internet, to the net, right? <laughs> but it's sitting at a computer. Like it's an just an office cafe. worker. Yeah, yeah, it's at a- <laughs> Yeah. And it's coming, what's becoming between you and, and this sweet, sweet robot casino, Scarlett Johansson, is the only, the thing stopping your love is a CAPTCHA device. And if that's not a metaphor for so, love in these times. I know. So here we are at a year. <laughs> Stacy's being courted I'm in by love, I'm in love with a spam bot. <laughs> <laughs> Is anyone surprised? <laughs> Look. It could be a hot robot. You don't know. She could be hot. That's where I am at the year point, everybody. Only another year to go. We'll see only, how it only is. Only at least one more to go. That's fine. It's fine. I'm going to become fucking Tetsuo or something. and like, <laughs> I will become a spam bot myself so that we can be together. <laughs> B-Club and I. We'll this will make our episodes very interesting. Yeah. You'll start getting spam messages somehow. <laughs> the show is nothing but ads. Yeah. <laughs> it turns into Pulse and you start getting all these weird messages from an online casino and it's me. 
So we well, we have that to look forward to, I guess. We do. That's the singularity. That this. <laughs> it is the Matrix. It really is. Also, I watched um, his house finally. Yeah, how was it? It was incredible. I need to see it. If if y'all haven't seen it, I know I'm so late to the game, uh, but holy moly! Yeah, because it was a like a, f- a few months ago, wasn't it? It was like around Halloween time, I think. Right, right, right. Yeah, I have no excuse for having not seen it, except I don't watch anything anymore, but okay. Yeah, me either. I'd only heard good things, and I said, I'll be the judge of that. And uh, my judgment is, yeah. Yeah? It's real good. What is it about? I know nothing about it. It's about um, a refugee couple from Sudan who end up in uh, England. I think, like, right outside London, maybe? Mm Mm-hmm. And get into this house, and maybe there's something in the house. Oh. I don't want to give anything away. It's I didn't, scary. I didn't know anything. It is creepy as fuck. Um, there's a lot of scares. I cried a couple of times. The acting is unbelievable. Did you do sad cry or scared cry, or both? I did sad cry. Oh. I think I might have done a little bit of a... I had some fear water. The fear water, yeah. Yeah. The trickle. <clears throat> it's in. It's incredible. It's really incredible. Hmm. It's gonna... It'll stick with you. I, I gotta watch it. You really gotta watch it. I, Everybody's gotta watch it. I, I, I feel like there's that. There's um, the the real La Llorona, not like the mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo Velma one, Linda Carlini. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to see that still. I guess... And I guess, really, it's funny jumping into this week's episode with the film we're going to talk about today, because um, this is like one of the first new movies I've seen since mm-hmm. a year ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, I don't know. I, like, I want to see his house. I want to see La Llorona. I, but for some reason, it's been so hard. I think it's just the fact that I know in an alternate universe, I could be watching these in the Hollywood theater. Mm-hmm. And like I could be with an audience, and like I think I'm just like holding out hope that I will get to see these movies in a theater with people. So then I just don't watch anything new. I don't know. That makes sense. I think also for some reason I have a strange reticence to things that might be good. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, like I'm watching like you know we've talked about it to the point where people are sick of hearing about it. But I mean, I'm watching Asian movies and I expect some of those to actually be good movies. Mm -hmm. But all of these movies that are like coming out and are pretty new and are critically lauded and all that and seem really heavy. Mm -hmm. I don't think I, I don't think I've been raring to get to anything that's too heavy. Maybe. Yeah. And like La Llorona is a case of like, I've just heard it's pretty heavy and, uh, but his house is supposed to be real heavy and I watched it and I'm so glad that I did because yeah. it's incredible. I gotta see it. <clears throat> so, and yes, the movie we're talking about today has been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in an alternate universe, we would have seen this in New York almost a year ago mm-hmm. after also seeing a production of Woman in Black. <laughs> <sighs> and then that universe... <laughs> Was alternate and never yeah. happened in this yeah. timeline, at least. In this timeline, we watch it on some weird streaming service, <laughs> and I'm in love with a spam bot. <laughs> Isn't it so weird when you start this like um, uh, m- this critically 
super high buzz worthy film and then the first thing you see is it says in epics original <laughs> and it was like i don't yeah. think it is <laughs> I, yeah <laughs> i think you just gave a lot of money yeah um, which which that. good for them because i had never even heard of epics no but did i sign up for it to watch this yes i did will i cancel of course i will it's called a seven day free trial right so really, I mean, I don't know how much money they must have spent because I feel like everyone's just going to do a seven-day free trial, watch this movie, which I recommend to all of you to do, and then um, cancel the free trial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can I say this on the air? I feel like I'm, it's breaking the law, but I, they, they must realize this because I'm not going to watch Pennyworth. There must be something else on there to watch. I, as far as I can tell, it's just the Alfred prequel. And then in a War of the Worlds TV series. And I'm just, I'm not interested in that. Yeah, no thanks. So, I don't know. Yeah. But I'm glad I signed up for it. It's worth it. Mm-hmm. I think. I agree. Um, of course, we are talking about St. Maud. St. Maud. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's me, St. Maud. Everyone's favorite patron saint. <laughs> Starring, starring Harvey Firestein as Saint Maud. <laughs> I gotta stab my fate. <laughs> I'm putting thumb decks in my shoes. <laughs> ow, ow, it hurts, but I love Jesus. <sighs> I'm a nurse. <laughs> Whoa, the voice of God is talking to me. <laughs> How come he sounds like he's talking backwards? Oh my God. I want Harvey Firestein to star in this movie. <laughs> Be a very different movie. Uh, Are you a lesbian? <laughs> oh my God, now there's a lesbian? <laughs> I'm gonna set myself on fire. I'm done. I'm setting myself on fire. And that was the off off Broadway production of St. Maud, a one man show by Harvey Fierstein. Uh, well, oh yeah, spoilers, I'm... everybody. Oh right, right. Well, you know if what? You haven't, if you haven't seen, if you if you clicked on this, if you saw that we're talking about Saint Maud and you haven't seen Saint Maud, spoilers are on you. You know we spoil the fuck out of everything. We try to warn you if it's something older that we think you should see, but a yeah. brand new movie. This is a brand. Oh, you you know this. Yeah, you know that you haven't seen it. So if you got spoiled, <laughs> why did you download the episode? <laughs> just saying but uh you know before it's too late turn back now lest ye be spoiled yeah just watch saint Maud. it's very breezy it's like 85 minutes or something it is a it is a very quick little number yes yeah which is shocking and appreciated i agree i i feel like agree. if this if this were an ari aster movie it'd be two and a half hours well you know his next one is four so it, that is would it be really he says it's going to be four hours long. I don't know why. We don't need that. We don't need that. Just like the Midsummer Director's Cut. You didn't need that extra scene. Yeah. Even the regular Midsummer could have had a little snip snip. Yeah, it could have. It could have. So I appreciate the brevity. 
I did movie. as well. If if I had any critique, it would actually be in relation to that. But uh, alas, mm. yeah. Um, what a movie! I'm uh... so I'm so glad we did this this week. Um, I had so much nervousness going into this. Uh, be- because why? Because Jesus stuff. Because mm. the idea of a nurse, like, I don't know, a young nurse obsessed with God taking care of a dying person. Like, I was just, I was so nervous that there would be, I didn't know if this would go into, like, the lodge kind of territory. Mm. Like, you know, I, I come to this, like, expecting what I want, you know. And then I also have my fears of, like, but what if she just ends up, like, torturing this woman or, like, you know. Mm. Or what if she's like, what if it's like really brutal with how she, what she does to herself? And I mean, yes, it, it is, but, but there was some restraint with this film, I feel. Mm. And, uh, I don't know. I just, I also, with like religious stories, I get so ready to be enraged that anyone would fall for this system and this belief. <laughs> um, and then I get mad watching the movie, even if it's critical of it. But I felt like this movie did such a good job navigating all of those things. And my fears were, uh, uh, I mean, I, I have fear for different reason, <laughs> for earned reasons watching the film. But it, it, it wasn't, I wasn't, yeah, none of what I was nervous was going to happen happened in this film. Mm. I kind of had no idea, like once I established that it was something I wanted to see. And that people said it was something to see. And mm-hmm. it got a little buzz. I had never watched a trailer for this. I never... I was just like, I gotta see St. Maud. Yeah. I just really desperately wanted to see it. But I was like, I don't want to know anything. And so I had no idea if this was going to be like a possession <laughs> movie. Or... I had, I just had no clue. Oh, I love that. Yeah, which is really good. Because I think if I had gone in expecting like a scary possession, like whatever... You know, I think you've been like, hey, where's that? <laughs> yeah, I would have been like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Or you said, it, you know, like maybe it's been advertised wrong. I don't know. Yeah. In the trailer, I remember the. Tra- I think I watched it once and I remember it definitely seemed like it played up the self-harm a lot more. Mm. And, and so I thought it was just going to be this woman like crying and like, you know, doing the um, doing the uh, who's the woman that's face I put on the balloon to wave over your head. <laughs> Allison Mack. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was... <laughs> you can leave that one in to, as a mystery for the listeners to unravel. Yeah. But, it's um... in an older episode. You'll find it somewhere. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a lot more of that, like, Allison Mack meets the Da Vinci Code, like, using the Solis and, like, <laughs> you know. that movie, though? Please. It's... Sign me up. <laughs> it's time for a series revival. <laughs> Oh my god, The Da Vinci Code Part 3, starring Allison Mack. They're pairing Tom Cruise with Allison Mack, cult expert. Uh, you know what? I'd watch that. I would be absolutely here for that. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought the movie was going to be a lot more of that. A lot more mm. of just like her crying and like whipping herself and like awful things happening. Um Yeah. And, and, I mean, the movie is brutal. Yes. But it's, it's really thoughtful and artsy and, 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 and Stacy, I know you might be thinking this. Very early on to the film, I said, I had no idea this was going to be gay. Same thing. And then I went a flutter. 
You can tell people what it's about. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll sip this one out. Okay, great. So Harvey Fierstein moves to Coney Island <laughs> and <laughs> becomes a hospice nurse. Um, this is about a woman, a young woman named Maud, who, uh, who lives in England. Uh, somewhere-ish in Carnival Town. Uh, she lives by a carnival that she always walks by. And she is a hospice nurse. Um, she is very Jesus-oriented. She has a lot of religious iconography in her house. She lives in a very um, kind of nun-like, uh, uh, low low possession. She's just very clear. So cloistered. Cloistered and devout. Cloistered yeah. and devout is, is the name of this gal. She gets assigned. She works through a private agency that gives people uh, connects people with hospice nurses, and so she goes into hospice at home care of this woman who is my new obsession, mm-hmm. um, Amanda Kuhl. <laughs> uh, she has those umlauts over her O, so it, it makes her name look like it's cool. But she's Amanda Cole, um, and she's a famous dancer, choreographer, hot shit, cool ass babe, played by Jennifer Ale. Um, yeah. of the Colin Firth Pride and Prejudice and she's fucking wicked um, they begin they, they kind of strike up a friendship and Maud over time you know Maud is always talking to God and praying and she she begins to realize that God's message for her because she's been waiting to understand what her what God wants of her God wants her to save Amanda Cole um, who is who like I said is this artist but who also who also is dying but who also is seeing a sex worker, a woman sex worker that she will employ. Uh, Maud begins to feel some feelings. It seems that she might mistake for um, looking out for Amanda's Christian soul. Mm-hmm. And so Maud begins to tinker with shit. Anyway, stuff gets real messy. Um, Maud gets fired Maud becomes obsessed Maud goes back to visit Amanda things don't work out people end up on fire and uh and then it's over <laughs> yeah there are there there are hints at Maud's life before all of this she had some <gasps> kind of accident some kind of something when she was just known as Katie and was basically just a nurse something happened she shouldn't have survived, whatever it was, but she did, and she took that as a sign from God that her life must have some kind of purpose. Mm-hmm. And so she's gone all in on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that the movie doesn't explicitly just lay things out. We get glimpses, we get hints, we kind of put the pieces together. Would it help if you knew more about Maud slash Katie? I don't know. Think is that one of your issues with the runtime? Oh, no. My only issue was that I thought there could be a little bit more film. Yeah. I wanted a little bit more time with Amanda, particularly at the end. Um, yeah. But but then I was like, but what would that become? I don't want like some gross, horrible, confrontational, you know, it was just what happened between them, which we'll get to, was just enough. Mm-hmm. But I would have liked more time with those two characters in that moment. Right. Um, I would have been interested to see, because Joy, you know, Joy, the nurse that she meets, who we, Joy sees her out in the town, and Joy is a a nurse that she used to work with and an old friend from town, because, you know, Maude is lingering around in this town, 
that she grew up in and that everyone knows her from, but they all thought she left or went somewhere else. And Joy sees her and says, like, you know, she she comes back later and you realize that she she calls her Katie and you understand, oh, wait, there's a backstory to this character that we don't know. She isn't Maud. She isn't this perfect Christian girl that we that, that she's presented herself as through the first part of this film. Mm-hmm. Joy later says, like, oh, I'll come back to see you. I thought, you know, there was so much tension in that secondary that second scene with Joy where we get a little bit more backstory. I th- mm-hmm. And she says, I'll see you. I'll, I'll come back later. So I thought maybe there could be more with that. Um, that was it. I just, if anything, I thought there could be just a tiny bit more. But it was so tight and, and to the point that it doesn't need it. But if anything, I thought that. Right. Um, but that that's so disconcerting that this whole time you believe, okay, maybe she's just a little very earnest Christian weirdo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe she's a little off. Maybe she has a little subtle lesbian longing. But then just how it drops that, like, oh, she calls her Katie. And she says, oh, you're there. This agency hired you, even though they know about what happened before. Right. We know that she worked at a hospital that um, some a a Christian hospital that has been described as an awful place by another character. We see glimpses of something that happened to her at one point that she has during a, a a very tense moment in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, just those little, those little whispers. I, I completely agree with you. Those little whispers that we're just left with that kind of haunt us. And we don't know what they're saying, what exactly happened, but that we just know that there's this traumatic thing. It was so well done. It was really well done. Mm-hmm. It was tantalizing. It was enough for me to connect some dots and make my own assumptions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing the movie does really well throughout is it'll, it's very ambiguous right up until the, that final fucking smash cut, which is oh, holy shit. That last, <laughs> like that, the very last shot. Oh my God. I yeah. loved it. I la- I started laughing so, <laughs> it felt so inappropriate, but I just started laughing so hard <laughs> and oh. like so loud. Cause it's just, cause the movie flip plays with reality too. Yes. Because, yeah. Yeah, the film is all about religious psychosis on top of other things. Right. Yes. How much of religious fanaticism is mental illness? Yes. All of that. But she approaches it in a way that isn't didactic, and it doesn't give you an answer either way, Mm -hmm. because we see so much of this movie through Maud's eyes. Mm -hmm. And so there's no, like, when Maud sees a sign of, like, a whirlpool in a glass of beer there's no there isn't the usual cutaway that you might see of everybody else reacting to things and so it's like oh maud is just seeing things Mm -hmm. it's like as far as we know it's actually happening yeah you know it's 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 kind of like the it's like what if you in a moment of desperation reached out to god and we're like, oh, you know, whatever, did your prayer. And what if God actually answered? Yeah. Like, this brought to mind, of course, Joan of Arc. hmm Who <clears throat> you can't help but look back on her story and be like, was she, like, schizophrenic? Yeah. Was she, like, we don't know. We have no way of knowing. But it's like, what did she hear? If there's a voice in your head and the voice is telling you it's God, whether that's mental illness or it's actually God, how are you going to know the difference? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like the way the film was like, 
Also, audience, maybe you're not going to be able to tell the difference. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, and with, with, with Joan of Arc, I think that's a great example, because with Joan of Arc, there's there's also the expectation of, like, oh, okay, well, someone talks to God, or God talks to them. They're they're wacky. They're George Bush. <laughs> they're George <laughs> right. W., right? Yeah. Um, but then you look at Joan of Arc, and, like, but she accomplished this incredible thing, and she's mm-hmm. legend. Um, it completely shifted the course of human history, uh, of Western history. Um, While saying, I've been commanded by God to do this. I mean, she is St. Maud. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. this is God's command, him to plan for my life. Whether I end up alive or dead at the end of it, this is my life plan. And that's her story. Yes. And then, and that, so that, her story withholds that judgment. I mean, the judge, judgment was passed on her by the Catholic Church and she was burnt at the stake. But Right. Um, but this film, I like that this film also withholds judgment mm-hmm. because it, it occasionally will flip between perspectives. So we'll see Maud's perspective and then maybe we'll get a glimpse of Amanda's perspective. Right. But for the most part, it's through Maud's eyes, as you said. Um, but so then the, the judgment is not built into the film. Although I, I, I would argue the last shot is. The last shot is pretty final. The last shot is like, oh, sorry, bitch. <laughs> like, yeah. But, um... And God, that last shot is... It's incredible. I was just laughing. And, but then, uh... So that, besides that, though, the judgment comes from us. Um, right. And we're confused as shit trying to figure out what is actually happening with this person. I mean, it, I feel like, to me, I think I have it. Understand. I understand mm-hmm. what, 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 what I might have seen, but, um... Yeah, and then when she talks to God, when God actually talks back to her, it's very Joan of Arc. It's very Black Philip and the Witch. Mm-hmm. Like, where you don't expect the goat to start talking, and they don't show you the goat talking to her. You just see her face as it speaks to her. And um, it's and, kind of terrifying. Yeah, like, and it's very similar. Yeah. Only this is like if Black Philip was in the, the vocal witness protection on the TV. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know, when they, like they run you some, through a machine. Some Welsh person who's in witness protection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, he has the creepy fucking voice and is speaking in this weird, in like, yeah, Aramaic or something. And it's like, what is happening? Yeah. Um, and it just further fleshes out this sad, unreal world. And it, I think what I love about this is, too, I'm like, okay, so is this a lesbian longing thing? Is this, like, God fetish? Is this religious psychosis? And for me, it all gets summed up. And I think it's what's really nice about the, the, the lack of judgment in this film um, and what makes it a little bit more universal, even with these specific themes flowing through it, is when, at, towards the end of the film, Amanda looks at her and just says, you must be the loneliest girl I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I just lived for that, that moment. Like, that that's what the movie is about. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's, I feel, what pushes it into that tragic realm. Yeah. It addresses so many things. Like, loneliness was the big one that I mm-hmm. wrote down in very large letters. I was like, oh, God. Which is always such a gut punch. But just the, like that and the the finite nature of our lives. Like, it addresses so many big things in small ways that make Mm -hmm. them almost more impact like very real ways that are more impactful you have someone who's gonna die any day now just being like this is so boring (laughs) to be dying (laughs) you know i loved when amanda said that 
Yeah, like what comes next? Like looking for comfort, everybody just kind of looking for some kind of purpose and meaning in their lives, and how do you find it? People being lonely even when they're in a seaside carnival town. <laughs> you know? I just, I really loved it. I, and the line, also another line that stuck with me from Amanda. Wise Amanda, lesbian Amanda. I fucking love Amanda so much. <laughs> yeah, I'm when obsessed. she's talking... She's talking about whether or not her friend has hair plugs. Oh, yeah. And, and Maud is like, oh, I didn't notice or whatever. And Amanda says, no one sees what they don't want to. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's such a telling line for the bigger theme of like, what is going on with Maud? Yeah, and individual experience and perspectives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be- because she is super God-oriented. And then when she gets fired, she figures, hey, I did everything right. I tried to save this person, and it still didn't work out for me. I don't have a job. I don't have any money. What's going on? And so she goes on, like, a bender back to her <laughs> wicked ways of, like, before she found God, basically. And it's just, like, giving hand jobs in the hallway at a bar and going home with somebody and getting drunk and just, like... She went from zero to mess in... Yeah. <laughs> so fast. In the course of one night. Yeah. And, and then God speaks to her again. And she's like, oh, okay, now I know what I have to do. I have to go back and try harder. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I mean, what does she want to hear? She wants that. But is it real? Is it a mental illness? Is it a delusion? Like, who knows? The moment that fucking made my hair stand up on end is when she goes back to Amanda. And right after Amanda says, you must be the loneliest girl I've ever seen. And Maud kind of starts to break. And then it's like... And then start speaking in God's voice. It was scary as fuck. That scene was so fucked up. It was so fucked up. It was like another test from God. And then she kills Amanda. Yeah. And it's like, was that the devil talking to her the whole time? Was she, you know what? It was well, because like, uh, Amanda starts like, spe- like, it looks possessed. It looks possessed. Starts yeah. like full Satan voice is like, there is no God and we're alone. You <laughs> Yeah. Mog freaks out, grabs the scissors, and just stabs the shit out of her, and just shoves them, slams them into her neck after stabbing her like multiple times in the chest. And then I say to myself, "Well, I didn't want that to happen to Amanda." <laughs> yeah. However, also was Maud still kind of her savior? Because <laughs> Amanda was just talking about how boring dying is. She did get it over with, right? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like. Did she actually, is she a terrible, is Maude a terrible person? <laughs> I mean, well, kind of. like Amanda says, I can't tell if she's a bigot or if she's jealous. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think what I liked about this is it it could be so easy to make the film I worried this was. I wasn't good at articulating it earlier, but the film I worry this is, is that it's, it's just look at crazy religious person torturing herself. Mm-hmm. we're all gonna have a bad day thank you for coming to the lodge <laughs> like yeah. like I, I i worried it would be that and that it's really it 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 has that last scene that kind of that passes judgment in a funny way and of just stark reality oh listen we're all fucked kind of way um but in a way it's really equalizing of these characters and their different experiences like mod is i mean by the end of it mod is fucking cuckoo walking around on the beach with her her virgin mary shawl (laughs) blanket you know um but then at the same time 
like that, that that's happening and Maud has these this delusion of what's really operating her life but at the same time is is that sense of delusion any different than uh, the narratives that we tell ourselves to pass the time in this life. This is very John Carpenter with his stogie right now. But like, you know, Amanda is this huge, popular, amazing choreographer and dance maker and artist, and she's gorgeous and she she dikes out and she throws exquisite parties and she lives in this beautiful house. But at the end of the day, she's just another dying, a lonely person. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so both, I mean, n- neither of these lives that these characters are living are real in the, the cosmic scheme of then you die, right. you know? Yeah. Everybody is the same in the end. Yeah. So I feel that there's a level, there's a, a, a really interesting level of equalizing between these characters as disparate as their lives and experience might be. Yes. It, it. Yeah, it just doesn't feel judge- judgmental. The, the only thing that goes against that is that final cut, which I know you just said is funny, and I understand that. I found it so incredibly disturbing. Oh, it's completely fucked up, and I think <laughs> that's why I laughed so loud. Yeah. Like, I, it was like a like a gut, like like I had been winded. I just went like, <laughs> like yeah. that kind it of was, laugh, because it's discomforting. It was a moment. Mm-hmm. It was a movie moment that is going to be with me forever. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I loved it. I like, even if I hated the rest of the movie, what a fucking baller ending! Man. It, it's like, um, it's like the exact spiritual opposite of the ending of The Witch <laughs> or of Midsummer. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> you. It's this almost. It's not the satisfaction, but it's the same level of like, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, in a different kind of way. It's just. I don't know, and and I like that it is like raising the questions of like if it's if these are delusions that she's having, she can't control it. Mm-hmm. Does that make it any less real? Mm-hmm. We're we don't know because we don't know the answers to what comes next. Everybody's just doing their best guess, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It how is it not the voice of God? If you start hearing a voice, if you start hearing a voice in your head. You know, it's one thing if you're a son of Sam and it's like the dog being like, hey, kill your, kill your neighbor. I'm Harvey or, Feierstein, bark, bark. Yeah, everybody's, everybody's Harvey Feierstein. But, you know what I mean? But if that voice is like, hey, I'm God, you need to go save your neighbor. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's the difference? That also feels like that is alleviating the worry of this movie also like kind of mental health shaming. Right. It doesn't, it shockingly doesn't do that, I think. I know. I would argue, even though a lesser filmmaker, or even me, with my religious baggage and and mental health stuff around that, like, even, I would maybe make something that's a little more judgmental. But this, it doesn't do that. No, no matter how, she gets, Maud gets real extreme. There's a point where she's putting thumbtacks through a piece of cardboard. Oh my god. And then you watch her slip that piece of cardboard into her shoes, and then you see her going for a walk, and it's just like, oh my, like, my shoulders were up past my ears. Watching her take, you see her take each individual step, and the trepidation that goes into each step. Oh my lord. But it doesn't feel, it's never like... 
Texas Chainsaw dinner scene where it's like, ooga booga booga! Oh, it's crazy! <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I, even I, though she's doing these extreme things to herself or to somebody else or whatever, it comes from a place of of reality or something. Mm-hmm. I would like to see the ooga booga booga cut <laughs> where that happens. <laughs> waka waka! Yeah! <laughs> Here comes Blake Maud! <laughs> And then, and that, um, for me, what also, uh, I have a lot of religious baggage and, and I think as a, as a queer person, um, I have even more so religious baggage. Um, and I, and I see a lot of people, uh, not allowing themselves to live or not feeling allowed or not being allowed to live their lives because of religious expectations and the sort of societal conditioning that has built into us and how we see ourselves and permit ourselves to live and are permitted to live. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it's really nice too, that you can also with this relationship with Amanda and there is an attraction underlying all of this, uh, that you can also read in how sometimes we, we sub out our actual desires or we sub out um, our instinctual, you know, who, what, what kind of essence of ourselves there is underneath all of this. We, we, we replace that with the conditioning of God. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so interesting to me that, you know, she'll spend these days with Amanda and they'll be laying on the floor doing exercises. And then you'll see her glimpses back to when their fingers were almost touching. Mm-hmm. Um, she sees the escort coming out of there counting her bills and is she judging her because she's gay once again it's that right. same question are you a bigot or are you jealous mm-hmm. and that it's... and then Maud is oh no it's because she's you know amanda's at the end of her life and needs to just be chill and i need to save her soul it doesn't have anything to do with the gay it doesn't have anything to do with the sex work it doesn't have to have anything to do with bigotry or jealousy it's purely about saving her soul mm-hmm. yeah and that's the reason why she cut out the dedication in the william blake book that has to maud my savior with all my love amanda mm-hmm. that's why she cut that on and put that on the wall because she was going to save her not because she was in love with her right <laughs> Right, she just put it in the collage of images that she worships. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing gay about it. I am so glad I didn't know that there was any gay angle to this. I had no fucking clue this was queer horror. I had no idea, and I am so happy that I had no idea. Yeah. What a nice surprise. <laughs> it Seriously, like, I, I was, I was like, so... I, I can't, I mean, we know this. I was ner- I've established this. I was nervous. I'm, the movie starts, I'm nervous. She gets to the house, I'm nervous. And then you see the posters of this choreographer. And I'm like, wait, it's a lesbian choreographer? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wait, this movie has like something to do with dance, even though I don't like, I'm not that interested in dance in real life, but in horror films, it's my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. And hot choreographer? Wait, what? Yeah. Wait, you're telling me that, oh, and now she's looking at her? Wait. Mm-hmm. Is this about repressed longing? <laughs> Replaced with religious obsession? Oh my god! Yeah, I got real excited. Yeah. I immediately, when it was over, and I kind of came down from it, my first thought was like, I need to watch this again. I need to, like... This conversation really gets me wanting to watch it again. Yeah. 
I need to see this again. Seven day trial. If just for the acting, my goodness. Well, and that's beautiful. It's so beautifully shot. It's just Mm -hmm. what a movie. What a movie. It's exquisitely well made. Yeah. Um, the, the amount, the, is it the director Rose Glass? Mm-hmm. Yes. Writer and director, yeah. She does an, she does an absolutely incredible job. Um, the, the amount of restraint that she shows. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. For a debut film, this could have really gone off the deep end at so many points. Yeah. And it doesn't. Oh. And I'm, I'm definitely like, give me... I mean, it's not even a slow burn, really. It doesn't feel like a slow burn, but, like, the horror stuff comes very late in the picture. Uh, like, the overt horror stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's uncomfortable until then. <laughs> and then yeah. it's... Oh! Yeah. And, uh, but I say, like, let that happen and then smack me over the face with it. Yeah. You know? When it finally... Like, you look at something like John Carpenter, Halloween... The first, you know, hour and ten minutes of that movie is just build up. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's the why the movie is brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the this is served by that is that restraint as well. You know, maybe I don't need more of the movie. Maybe I don't need an extended sequence between Maud and Amanda at the end. Mm. I just want it because they watching these two women together is so wonderful. Oh man! And yeah. and that's I mean that's another thing that for me, stresses the sense of equality between these characters or that they're on the same... They're being depicted in the, without judgment on the same scale, kind of. Um, is watching their relationship where, like, Amanda is this gay, fucking cool choreographer, badass, she's dying. Maude is this weird, want-to-be-virginal, cloistered-and-devout queen, right? Um... They should not get along. Right. They really both really like each other. Yeah, when Maud shows up at the house, she shows up just as the previous nurse is leaving, and Maud says what she's what she likes, <laughs> and she she just says, Bit of a cunt. Bit of a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> just walks away. And just walks away. And yet we see we see Amanda being a little brusque at first, but they take to each other really quickly and a real genuine friendship yeah amanda's really taken by her yeah um amanda plays along with Maud's religious talk because amanda right. is i think amanda is just genuinely excited to see how taken by god Maud can be yes and it gives her something to look at it gives her something to feel in that moment by seeing yes. Maud feeling it so like that that instance where and it comes up later in the film when when Maude goes back after she gets fired for slapping her at a party for, for m- mocking religious nature. But, um, it, it comes, it, that comes up, um, again. I lost it again. <laughs> my brain isn't working today. <laughs> I, my brain isn't working today. I keep getting too excited and it just stops working. Uh, but, but like, oh. But Amanda is basically like, I was faking it. Amanda's, which is, thank which you. Which is funny because it's like... Maud's visitations from God, like Amanda asked what it's like, it's like, he's in me and I kind of vibrate. It's like she gets, mm-hmm. shall we say, very ecstatic. Mm-hmm. It's very orgasmic. She has and, Jesus-induced orgasms, for sure, throughout the film. Yeah, yeah. 
And then when Maud is like, but you experienced it too. And she's like, basically, I was faking it. Yeah. So sorry to break it to you, but God's not here. Yeah, 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 yeah. But when in that moment, in the when when she was faking it, it was still such a lovely moment of them both just, even if Amanda was pretending, of them both like feeling this thing. Yes. And having this shared moment together. And that's what... Even after Amanda, you know, at the party, she gets performative and like the kind of old Amanda flares up and sort of talks off to Maud. But also out of, because Maud has interfered in her life and told the escort to stop visiting her, to stop visiting Amanda. And Amanda just calls her out on it. And, but it's kind of from, you know, it's in front of a bunch of people. Amanda gets, or Maud gets upset and slaps her and leaves. But then when Maud goes back and I'm like, oh fuck, she's going to go back and she's going to torture her and I don't know what's going to (laughs) happen. And I get so nervous and she's in her her uh, Rajneesh gear attire, you know? Um, but the first, th- she's lurking over her and Amanda's just staring at her in her bed. And you're like, this is not going to be good. But the first thing that happens is Amanda says, I'm so sorry for how I treated you. Mm-hmm. And it is so, like, I wanted to cry. It was so sincere. Well, I think even if she's faking the sort of Jesus gasms, like... <laughs> When she calls Maud her savior, it's like, that's sincere. Like, she is at the end of her life. And, I mean, I don't think I'm at the end of my life right now, but we're all wondering what happens. We all wonder, yeah, what's that final moment going to be? What? And so I think she does, whether she believes it or not, I think Maud does provide her with comfort just in that mm-hmm. she Maud does her job. Mm-hmm. basically yeah. that's why yeah. i'm like well in the end she kind of wants her savior right right i mean in a really awful fucked up way. in an awful fucked up way at the end of the day Maud was or amanda was going to have an awful fucked up slow death right but i mean does Maud have the right to take that even those dying moments away she could have had another party although it seemed like she was really at the end she but. was and the, the nurse that she had met up with to get some reconnaissance or some some info before she goes in there she explains she doesn't have long left yeah but also like amanda like she said it's boring she doesn't want this this is not the life that she was living that's not who she was right nobody nobody wants it yeah yeah i don't know we're all our brains are too big yeah they are our brains are too big. You know, when I had when I had a cat, I was like, man, she doesn't know that death is inevitable. <laughs> Not that I'd get too gloomy, but I'd be like, you know what I mean? Like you look at your pets and they're just living right now. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't have the existential crisis of like, oh my god, someday everybody I know is going to die. Yeah. And but our brains are big enough that we have that. Yeah. And it sucks. Mhm. Because you're never going to get an answer mm-hmm. until you're dead. Mm-hmm. So, And then we delude ourselves and we create these little narratives and dramas for ourselves to live and enact that yeah. ultimately don't mean anything. <laughs> but they do, but they also don't in the long they run. They do, but they don't. It's kind of like whatever's going to get you through, you know? Yeah. And I, and I feel like this movie with these two characters really articulates that. Um Yes. In such an unexpected way. I had no idea this movie would be this thoughtful or sweet. It's so weird that I'm like thinking fondly of this film and calling it sweet. <laughs> but Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
because at the end, you know, Maud takes that Rajneesh gear. She goes down to the beach. She's wand- She's gained her wings. Literally, she has gained a pair of golden wings uh, for saving Amanda. She takes, she covers herself in gasoline or alcohol or something. And then, and everyone around the beach is horrified and saying, stop her. She sets herself on fire. And then suddenly she has this angelic countenance and she's glowing. She's radiating with the fire of God. And everyone on the beach is, is becomes prostrate and kneels in front of her and they're worshiping and seeing this holy moment. And then we get that cut too. <laughs> last shot oh my god charboiled mod screaming in agony just for two seconds and it's over oh that it's just what an ending i don't know why i'm, I'm feeling emotional about it now but it's just that ending is gonna really haunt me yeah well i mean that's the that's the and then you die <laughs> and it's yeah. gross and it has nothing to do with this beautiful narrative that you've created for your life, that you're living, that society's created. How depressing. And now you're, you're on fire screaming on a beach in front of Harvey Firestein. So, what happened to Maude? What do you mean? In the When she was Katie and she was working in that hospital. She was well, just... we have the flashback where it seemed like she might have hurt somebody. Yeah, yeah, because she's... she's having sex with that awful man yeah she finds this gross dude she takes him back she's after she does gives the townie a hand job in the hallway then she takes this other guy back and she's fucking him and she has her hands on his chest and she's like straddling him and has her hands on his chest and then we get a flashback to her hands on the chest of a patient and like the ribs breaking and blood i think maybe she hurt somebody unintentionally and then she tried to commit suicide. Oh. That's what I think it was with all the blood and everything. And she didn't expect to survive, but she did. So she figures she survived for a reason. See, okay. So we thought that, no, that that checks out. And that's what I was leading towards. Was I thought um, that she was giving somebody CPR. My immediate read was I thought she had fucked a patient and they died while she was fucking them. But um, just oh. because of the, the editing with her also being on top of that dude as it happens when you get yeah, the, yeah. the flashback. But of course, you know, she she wraps up her sexuality with her, this traumatized path and past and with her God stuff. It's all this, all this repressed, horrible feeling of hers. Um, right. So it, it all flares up at the same time. But yeah, I had assumed that she had broke somebody's ribs while, or sternum or something while giving them CPR and they died from it. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't, I was still like wondering, what's up with that shot where she's laying there with the bloody hands? And I thought maybe it was right. the blood from the rib cage. But oh, it could yeah, be she, both. No, but she must yeah. have, it must have been because she tried to commit suicide. Because if it was an accident, that wouldn't be a reason necessarily to not ever hire her anywhere ever again. But it said she couldn't handle it. Um, It could have just been she hurt somebody and that was the end of it. But I mm-hmm. thought the whole, at the beginning where she's basically saying, I didn't expect to survive. It's like she had some kind of accident or some kind of near-death experience. Yeah. So something happened. So I just assumed she hurt somebody and felt bad over it and her life was spiraling and she was doing crazy stuff and so she tried to kill herself yeah yeah i didn't get the suicide part but i i I, that completely checks out and then that when joy comes back to her house and you know joy sees her and 
you almost think Joy's kind of the first time Joy spots her out on the town in front of the Coney Island sign. You almost think she's kind of judging her. She's kind of being like, "Oh, they hired you, even with what happened." Right. And then she's like, but then she gives her her phone number, and she's like, "If you ever want to talk, you know, call me." Maud, when she's out on the town having her her Lindsay Lohan meltdown in Ibiza, she <laughs> she calls. Um, she gives the guy a handy, and then she goes in the bathroom and she calls joy and wants to hang out with her joy doesn't basically blows her off you think joy is just you know not a cool person whatever not not what Maud needs but then joy shows up later and it's and it says i'm sorry i couldn't hang out with you i was you know all this shit was going on and uh and then she says and i've been thinking about it and i'm i'm so sorry we weren't there for you and we should have seen the signs yeah and it was like that was really nice that's all mm-hmm. that's all we needed and yeah yeah oh that's so sad yeah poor Maud. i know i know poor it's Maud. a sad movie it is but that it movie. can take all of that and it can say and it doesn't pass judgment it doesn't say look at how stupid she is right <laughs> for, yeah for believing this look at how how if only she just let herself dike out, everything would be fine. But it's like, there's so many different factors at play here. Yeah. And at the end, her experience is ultimately not very different than Amanda's. Mm-hmm. Regardless of how they live their lives. We all end up in the same place. Just some of us are on fire first. Some of us are on fire. Some of us have scissors in our necks. Yep. Those are the two. That's the binary now. That's two, yeah, two genders. The two, the two options. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really love this movie. Me too. Me too. I want to see it again. Yeah, but don't see. Wouldn't it be nice to see it in a theater? Sure would. And hear that discomfort and feel it as that after that last shot. Yes, but we can't have that anymore, Anthony. This is the new world. <laughs> oh, I forgot. We this don't is... have that. The new normal. You might as well say, wouldn't it be wonderful to see this movie projected on the side of one of Santa's reindeer? <laughs> it's never going to happen. Never going to happen. So instead, in this world that we get, it finishes and it says, would you like to watch Pennyworth? And then I walk to the beach, I put on my pink <laughs> blanket, and I Harvey Fierstein myself. There you go. Jesus Congratulations. Christ. Congratulations. <laughs> what a great movie. Everybody go watch it. <laughs> That's not Dr. Schultz. <laughs> ow, 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 ow. <laughs> I want Saint Maud. I want them both to win awards, <laughs> including Harvey. Yeah, I love. I just mm-hmm. love Amanda Cole. Oh yeah, she's cool as shit. She's so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> wow. Well, yeah. we saw it. We saw it. We hap- It happened one year later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe one year from now we'll do our review of Halloween bangs. <laughs> oh god. Live from quarantine. Oh no. I come stroll out with a spam bot on my arm. Yes! <laughs> Which is just a JPEG, I guess. Yeah, you printed it out. I print out the comment. <laughs> this is 
my lady friend. This is my life partner. <laughs> this, is, this is my life partner, B-Club. <laughs> she is a casino spam bot. <laughs> but she thinks I'm cool and she's very supportive of my work. We met on a capture. <laughs> All right, Stacy, are you ready to place your head on the chopping block? Please, let me put my head down and just chop it off. (laughs) Listen. Uh, you get zero new categories today. I was like, Stacy, get a grip. That's right. That is right. After weeks of three new categories for Anthony, three new categories for Anthony. No, no, my friend. Today you get Zippo. I love that because you have some really great ones, Ben, the back catalog that I've been wanting to get to. Well, maybe it'll be one of the ones I have for you today, but they're all old. How exciting. I, listen, I one day's trash is another person's new category. You have two new categories for me, Stacy, and an yeah. old. And one old. Nice. Who goes, I like that. Who goes when and what's, how do we do it? Well, to play the chopping block, you see. Uh, You have three categories to choose from. Each category has five questions in it. You place your head on the chopping block. You have ten seconds to answer the question. If you do not answer in time or you answer incorrectly, you will get your head cut off by our non-binary executioner, the heads they. (laughs) Unless you cry out, I want the wig. (laughs) In which case... Mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis's wig from the 1981 film Halloween 2 will manifest on your head like a vision from God and that gives you what 10 more seconds I forget 10 more seconds <laughs> and that's it if you die sorry if you don't die good for you congrats congrats it's the other person's turn that's it. I love it. I was gonna. I was. I was, edge of my seat, wondering whose whose wig was I wearing, and will That's will, right. be, will I be wearing? Honestly, I was picturing a wig that I own in my mind, <laughs> but I couldn't. I mean, I wasn't gonna say like the big voluminous gray curly wig that I have in my closet. Your soul wig. My soul wig. My inner grandma. Which is also my outer grandma, let's be real. Anyway. That's the chopping block, so there you go. Thank you. I will take it and I will chop with it. (laughs) I don't know who goes first. Don't ask. (laughs) Well, then I won't and I retract my question. It seems we're at a standstill. <laughs> we're just going to sit here quietly. Yeah, uncomfortably staring at the heads they. <laughs> For another 20 minutes. They're like... <laughs> Rick one. I don't know who goes first. You go first. I don't care. I'll go first. Okay. You're going to answer? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
can't you work it out? <laughs> You've got ten well, seconds. Well, going first could mean anything. No, it couldn't. Yeah, it could. Anyway. Yeah, it could. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it could. First. Who's going to go? You go first. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, is that you? Because <laughs> I'm feeling something inside. I feel, I'm vibrating somehow. <laughs> All right, well, your three old categories <sighs> are... <clears throat> you know what I realized last week editing our show? Huh. It's that I'm really bad at describing how my categories work. No, you're not. I feel like I am. It's very convoluted. Well, you're always just like, I will name a thing. You give me the thing. And I say, okay. And I'm just always like, okay, theoretically. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I am so bad at succinctly, as you can tell, succinctly articulating an idea. Okay. So I just appreciate that you've never called me out on it. Well, it, it always seems to work. Well, and I also appreciate how good you are at it. Well, anyway. thank you. Category I, one. It balances yes. out by making you make all these categories, and then I die <laughs> on the first question. That's true. All right, category one. If I could be her for just one day. Oh yeah. In this category, I give you two movies. You tell me the character name the two movies have in common it's not the same character but the characters share a name okay so i always also want to give you an example to make sure that i'm telling you how to do it correctly well yeah that's just kind that's just you holding up your flashcards and making sure that i'm comprehending yeah <laughs> well if most i most of the time if, i'm not <laughs> yeah so you know if i said saint maud and uh Whatever Nightmare on Elm Street had Freddy's mom in it. Wait, what? <laughs> Amanda would be the answer. They oh, both have character's name and Amanda. Oh, you weren't saying the character was Saint Maud, right? Because I was the like, movie I don't know what else the Saint Maud is in. No, so I give you the names of two movies. You tell me the character name that is in both movies. Amanda Kruger. Right. If I say, <laughs> wait, is there another Amanda in Nightmare on Elm Street? No, that's the old... No. Listen, Anthony. Let me have a do-over here. So, for example, I would say, okay, question one. St. Maud and A Nightmare on Elm Street part whatever has Freddy's mother in it. And then I say Amanda. You say Amanda. Because Cole and Kruger. Right. Both movies have a character named Amanda. Does that make sense? Yeah. I like when I spend 20 minutes explaining a category and then you don't fucking pick it anyway, so who cares? <laughs> but I love that we literally just real-time illustrated exactly what you brought up already. Yep. Thank you. See, sometimes it's needed. Category two is what a wonderful year in which I give you three films that came out in the same year. You tell me the year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the final category is name that tagline. <gasps> Where again, you're not naming the tagline, so I should really change that. <laughs> but I, well, it's easier. I could give you the movie and you tell me the tagline, but the way I have it written is I give you the tagline, you tell me what movie it comes from. So it's reverse tagline. 
Right. Reverse engineer the tagline. Name that reverse tagline or something. <laughs> That's my favorite game show. Yeah. So, if I could be okay. her for just one day, okay. what a wonderful year, and name that reverse tagline. Oh, fuck. Um, these are three kind of toughies. They all, I can see myself dying on the first question on all of these. I really want to do all of them, though. Oh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go, I'm going to, um, I'm going to, I want the, I don't, the Amanda Kruger one's hard. I want the, um, taglines. What's the middle one? Uh, what a wonderful year. Wait, I tell you oh, three but, movies that were released in the same year. You tell me what year. But if I know one of those movies and that. Exactly. means that's easier but the tagline sounds fun i'm gonna go with the year okay i'm gonna go with the year what a wonderful year i'd say three movies that all came out in the same year you tell me the year oh god oh wait but this is like movies after the 80s too huh not necessarily oh okay let's do it (laughs) it's it's movies since the beginning of time Oh, no, like old movies? They suck. They're racist and sexist. No no way would I have an old movie on my list. What could I possibly gain from an old movie? Old movies is my least favorite genre. (laughs) Thank you. Someone finally said it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. Number one. Return of the Living Dead, Day of the Dead, and Fright Night. That's, um, uh, 1985. Yes, ding, ding, ding. (gasps) Question two. Silent Hill, Slither, and Hatchet. You son of a bitch. Um, that is, uh, uh, 2006. (gasps) Ding, ding, ding. Oh my god. Oh my god. Wowsy, wowsies. Question three. Candyman. Sleepwalkers and Alien Three. <laughs> that um is um nineteen ninety two. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. <gasps> Past the halfway point. Oh my god. The next one. Body Snatchers. Jason goes to hell and Leprechaun. Um. Um. Oh fuck. Jason goes to hell. Leprechaun. Body Snatchers. This is nineteen ninety four. Five. <laughs> Shit. Nineteen ninety-three. Ninety-three. God damn it. Ninety-three. God what a year, damn huh? It. I mean, look. You at did really well. I would not. I don't think I would have gotten Silent Hill. The Silent Hill was. I could see the two thousand six in parentheses after it, and that's. It's only because of Silent Hill. I would not have known Slither. I would have thought Slither was like two thousand eight. Or wait. Mm. Sliver? Wait, which one? Slither. Slither, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the vocal warm up. (laughs) Wow. Okay, 90, not 94. Red Slither, yellow Slither. Red Slither, yellow Slither. That's called having a theater background. Mm -hmm. Unique New York. Um, <laughs> wow. Good job. Good, Good category. Job. I like that game. It's a, fun, it's a fun category. Why do I know that? Why do I know any of that? Why wouldn't you? I, but why would I? I don't know how to do basic like division, but I know True. what year However, Candyman we've... came out. 
Well, sure. However, those three categories, at least, the first three, we did episodes on one movie in each category. So I would think That's true. Might, I guess might it might be in your brain somewhere. It could be argued that this is also part of our job and expertise. Well, expertise feels It's strong. a strong word. I take it back. Yeah. <laughs> I retract that yeah. statement. Yeah. But, uh... <sighs> wow. There you go. Wow, good job. Thank you. Great category. Great category. Fun, fun, fun. All right, Stacey. Turn that high-powered perception around and let's place you on the chopping block. Uh, here I am. Three new categories. Two new categories, including <laughs> an old one. Your category, your returning category is How Many Times Must I Die? In which I name a character, you just gotta tell me how many times in a franchise they die. I hate that category. It's an easy category. You'll sure. get these. You'll get these. I'm sure. There's no Freddy's, there's no. There's no Jasons, <laughs> so you don't need it. If I asked you how many times did Jason Voorhees die, like, who could fucking say? But, like, Laurie Strode. Mm-hmm. Twice. Anyway. I'm not going to say anything more. So, this. <laughs> 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 so, you have that category. No, wait. Was, but, um. Not counting, not counting reboots. Okay. Anyway, I forget if earlier Laurie died. Let's come back to that. Okay. Your category two is let go and let God. Now, this is inspired by Saint Maud, and this is all about God slash religious themed horror films. Oh boy. Um, and that's more of a grab bag. It's not like I name a movie, you tell me the actor. It's just it could be a bunch of things. And the same goes for your third category, which is. Skin disease. <laughs> in this category, I'm not being an ableist. I have psoriasis. Well, I have a form of it. So this is um, all about uh, instances of skin disease as <laughs> and how they impact killers in horror films. So your categories are... You don't even need to list all three. <laughs> you know where I'm going. Are you going to go for some... Skin disease. Take, take me to skin disease. Skin disease. Skin disease. <laughs> mama, my, 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 my. <laughs> that, of course, is from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003, everybody. Every In case you didn't, you haven't listened to our episode that features that movie where we lost our fucking minds over skin disease. Every time you get a question right, you need to put in the my, 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 my. <laughs> skin disease. I just love those fucking women sitting in the trailer. I just love that that's Leatherface's excuse. <laughs> like what? Skin disease. I heard he had eczema. This is skin disease. That's why he killed all those people. He could have got a cream. And he could have got some. Yes. Instead, he learned how to make lampshades and masks out of people's bodies. Oh my God. <laughs> he could have gone to Dr. Sandra Lee, star of Dr. Right. Pimple Popper. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. All right, Stacy. Skin disease. Question <laughs> one. This low-budget 2002 film about a flesh-eating virus spawned two sequels and a reboot for some reason. 
cabin fever. <laughs> my, 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 my. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. That is an instance of skin disease. <laughs> question. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, question two. <clears throat> now, you gotta listen to this question. Oh, God. The namesake for this category, crafty little killer Thomas Hewitt, a.k.a. Leatherface, was born in a slaughterhouse before being adopted out of a dumpster in this film. You know I don't know those! Texas Chainsaw the Beginning! Yes! My, 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 my! You got it! I just wanted you to say the beginning, the sequel, to the reboot, any of that. Okay. But that could have been a trick ya. That could have been a gotcha. But I assume the beginning pertains to the beginning of Leatherface, but sometimes you never know. It's weird. It's like his mom shits him out in a slaughterhouse. They put him in a dumpster. <laughs> the f- sheriff, like, finds him in a dumpster, and then Leatherface grows up and then kills the slaughterhouse guy, and then they start eating people because they all got fired from the slaughterhouse. Sounds like a vital film in our cultural history. It's very important. (laughs) Yeah. Man, of all the franchises, like, is Texas Chainsaw actually the worst? Because it's just the same movie every time, but just badder. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Overall, it's probably the worst. I'm glad we can agree on this. All right. Yeah. Question three. Watch out, Christine. He may sing like an angel, but his mask hides a face that makes him kill. Christine, <laughs> the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> Sing for me. <laughs> Sing, my You won the chopping chopping block. It's over. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck that came from. <laughs> <gasps> that was a moment. Okay. Safe production of the Phantom of the Opera by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Famous play about skin disease. <laughs> Famous play. <laughs> All about skin disease. Okay, Stacy. Oh. Are you ready for question four? Nope. Is your diaphragm sufficiently worked? <laughs> Warmed up? Okay, question four. In the 2006 remake of Black Christmas, a.k.a. Black Xmas, Billy is given a new killer motive by being born with a severe form of this condition. (laughs) 
Skin cookies. You're fired. You're fucking fired. Once your badge and your wig on my desk. Somebody in that movie should have said that. If only they had known to do a tie-in with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> if they were like, mm. then they opened the oven and they said it. Skin cookies. <laughs> it's those two women. They're just sitting in the house. <laughs> they come to visit Billy's family. His torture family. And they're just sitting in the house drinking tea and eating skin cookies. <laughs> Why do we get so off the rails <laughs> every time? Oh. <sighs> All right, Stacy, you are on to the final question. Um, Stacy's not here, Mrs. Torres. <laughs> <laughs> Stacy's long gone. <laughs> Somewhere you're on a beach, (laughs) charred in agony. (laughs) Yep. (sighs) Only the the woman in only the woman in the bathtub remains. (laughs) That's where the skin cookies came from. (laughs) Oh my god! He's making a skin baked good. about to st- never mind <laughs> you're about to what he's making a woman snickerdoodle <laughs> i'm having flashbacks to freddie because now i'm sweating and crying <laughs> oh god okay you're gonna get this. Five for five, baby. Last question. Here we go. Here we go. This is an easy one. After a motorcycle accident, Rose receives a skin graft that leaves her with a blood sucking armpit in this 1977 film. What is it called? And who played her? Marilyn Chambers in Rabbit. Skin disease. Congrats. Nothing like the seventies, where you could have a vagina in your armpit that has a proboscis. Gives people sex rabies. Sex rabies. It was a thing. Yeah, man. Well. God bless Canada. God bless Canada. God bless skin disease. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. (laughs) 
This chopping block was a journey. It really was. That was. I'm I'm spent. That was quite the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well. Whew. Um, Gaylordsdarkness.com. You can click it, and it shows you how to get to things. Social media. Mm-hmm. Well, we're on it. Leave us a re- re- review of us somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Stars. Social media. Social media. Social media. Who gives a fuck? Uh... For a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my my god! God. Oh Oh my my god! God. Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Ha, ha, ha.